from a dumpy little office in West Covina, California, it's the Food Bar Show! Hey, what is up everybody? I am Josie. I'm Jack. Thank you all very much for listening to the Food Bar Show. Thank you for subscribing and telling a friend like a champ. You can always catch us at Food Bar Show. That's FWBarshow at gmail.com. And FWBarshow as our handle on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Check us out. Drop us a line and we'll fill it up like a couple of foos. Ain't that right, foo? Foos. Today, we have a very special guest, Mr. Richie Argumosa. Say hello, Richie. Hey, guys. Richie. Richie. And we have Steph in the house again. What's up, my dudes? (laughs) What's up, Steph? Uh, for those who've been listening, uh, we've been talking about Richie for a couple of episodes now because he's been filling in or at least been, uh, well, yeah, you've been filling in for the drums uh, for the Fallen Electric. That is correct. We'll be playing a show. Uh, we have played a show. This, this <laughs> By the time this episode is out, uh, we have played a show and we played it at Strum Brewing in Ontario on, uh, what's the date there? Saturday? Saturday, uh, July 28th. 28th. Yeah. yeah. So, But anybody watching live on the Facebook feed, catch us in Ontario <laughs> at Strum Brewing. Uh, it's going to be a good time. We're going to play for, what, an hour and a half? A, a lot of originals, some covers, and... Uh, that should be a really good time. Dance party. Yeah, dude. So uh, we go back. We go way back. Uh, fucking, uh, I, I've known you longer than I've known Steph and Josh, and uh, you were the drummer for uh, the band that we played in we, when we were teenagers. In fact, everybody, in case I haven't mentioned it uh, before, the intro music to this podcast, that's you on drums. Uh, yes, that is. That me. is you on drums, man. And uh, what the, the sports segment, the, the don't be a dick segment (laughs) uh so that that's you on drums dude and you do great drum work you always have um it it was it was always very awesome being a 16 17 year old playing all these bars um thank you yeah dude so uh what was your take being uh oh you're you're a year older than i so you were what 17 i think so yeah i yeah dude uh, just even trying to think about how old we were i mean doing these shows it was it was nuts it was just crazy it's fun though yeah, just uh, it, you, you know, you had your longish hair, and we yeah. all had. Our I think we all went hair. through our through our, our, <laughs> our long hair uh, phases. We got balder and fatter as we got older. For speak sure. for yourself. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> come on, man. I mean, what? 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 Nothing. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, but but yeah, man. Good times were had back in the day. Is there one particular show that stood out to you? There've been a couple actually. It's and it's crazy because when we first started playing together. Uh, Funny story. So when we first met each other, I think right off the bat, we just did not like each other. It was the weirdest thing. I, I don't know what it was. It you know what it was. Huh. You were being a dick. It, me I me think, too. I, I think it had a lot to do with the dueling egos because, I mean, I've got a huge... Okay, I don't have a huge ego, but uh, <laughs> that's probably what I didn't like. So, uh, yeah, we, sure. we really didn't like each other from the beginning, but uh, I think we kind of both... Um, respected each other's talents and 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 you know passion just enough to to see all right you you're pretty okay yeah (laughs) all right well at first i didn't like you as a person but then i heard your drumming i was like all right i can stomach his bullshit (laughs) yeah we'll make it work (laughs) (laughs) and uh one of and the very i remember the very first show we were supposed to play it was supposed to be the shitty like janky ass backyard gig in la puente and uh, you never showed up. Here we go. <laughs> you never showed up. And that classic. kind of and yeah, classic Richie. And that that, that didn't help your repu- your uh, oh, reputation sorry, moving Richie. forward. Well, <laughs> for sh- not showing up. To I don't shit. think there was email uh, back then at that time. Yeah, there was. The yeah, there was. Uh, I didn't get the email. <laughs> Shut <then>. up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get the email. I the, didn't email get the email was there. Nope. Uh-huh. Nope. Well, damn. It happens. <laughs> well, tell me, um, uh, uh, you're obviously a drummer. You can play guitar. You can get through a bass. Uh, but drum <laughs> drumming is your passion. That is my forte, right? yes. So what got you into drums uh, from the start? Like, what's what, what inspired you to start drumming? Uh, well, apparently, from what my uh, parents say is that uh, at an early age, I think at the young age of a fetus, um, I was born <laughs> with... Uh, no, I'm just kidding. You're born with rocking. drumsticks? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, I, I came out and the doctors were like, oh my God, it's a boy. Um, no, what a boy. <laughs> what a boy. That's a drumstick. No, my, my, uh, 
<laughs> so my grandfather, uh, he was a working musician back in Mexico. Um, that's the way that he supported his family. Um, I didn't really know too much about him until I was kind of getting a little bit older. And, you know, I started to uh, come into my own as, as an individual. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, I kind of saw him play drums and I was like, holy shit, he, he, he plays the drums. That's, f- that's pretty awesome. Like, I kind of want to do that. So mm-hmm. from then on, I just tried as much as possible to you know started off with like a snare drum and then from then i uh, my grandpa gave me one of his old kits and he's like all right man here, here you go you know go ahead and fucking you know go nuts or whatever so yeah. uh <laughs> from then on it, it was just a constant just practice like every fucking day it was just like do this do this you do could this. not do it right yeah and it, and that's the thing with with like drums it's just like a, a lot of people say it's super hard and it is in the beginning because you're you're trying to get used to like using all four of your limbs and your extremities and doing all of that stuff right but right once you get the hang of it it's like riding a bike or sex or both you know it's like <laughs> once you do it once it's like ah, all right cool ah, a you tandem know? bike a tandem bike or, fucking you know. like when they look e- at each other oh yeah totally and yeah. yeah how would that even ride i have no idea all right but bumpy. from then it, it wow. was it's <laughs> got, got graphic but uh from then Keep it was pretty on. much fucking just you know i i just owned it as much as possible just because i i fell in love with that instrument you know mm-hmm. and a lot of people say oh well drums is not an instrument like well, you know whatever it just makes noise and shit i'm like i don't know about that man like it it's to me it gives whatever everybody else is playing like i'm the support you know i'm right. i'm i'm i help everybody kind of do their best well you like you help I with the, the drums uh, have a lot to do with dynamics I mean, if you're oh you're, yeah, you're the absolutely. you're technically the only acoustic. I mean, for a rock band, oh yeah. you're the only acoustic instrument up there when everybody else is plugged in. I mean, I sure I can pick a little softer and try not to make it as loud. But the drums, I mean, you can you have a lot of control of how something is going to come out dynamically with the with your crashes and whatnot. The funny thing is, actually, it's not funny, but I can do that with my gas as well. Jesus, so that's, that's that's how I learned. Quite no, a talent. Lovely. It, is, it really is. All right. No, um, me and you got to get together after this. I'm down. Let's do this. Um, <laughs> no, man, it's it's. It, you're absolutely right. The dynamics are very. It's because anybody can beat the shit out of a drum or anything, really. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it takes real. Um, I don't want to say skill, but um, you know, yeah, just skill. Just, yeah, I. I <laughs> <laughs> it sounds kind of well, yeah. Well, you got because um, you have to focus, have precision focus, and maybe. what's another word for uh, a sense skill? of time. Let's ask Google. Google, right now? what's another word? No, I'm just <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, control. There it is. Okay, ah, there you go. Yeah, and self-control. I mean, I've dealt with drummers who just get too fancy for their own good, or they want to be too flashy. Where, like in my la- uh, one of my previous bands, the Hotline, we uh-huh. had a drummer where. He and, and I get it, you know, you you want to you want to sound good because that's your instrument and you want to kind of like yeah. put yourself out there. But he wasn't doing it for the sense of uh, it helping the the project, the group, the team. It was more like, let me see what I can fucking figure it out. And I'm just like, dude, no, it's just a simple verse. Just give me a basic yeah. fucking beat yeah. and, and let's move forward. No, no. I, he wanted to jazz <laughs> it. Up. I was like, all right, dude. And then, you know, and the rest. We all know the rest of the story. <laughs> and now we're here, right? Yeah, now we're here. Now we're here. Absolutely. But what I appreciated about you is just like you were saying earlier, is that you you give the song just what it needs. You 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 know, uh, just enough to 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 make it to make it. Uh, Actually, yeah. I just do enough just to barely get by. That's, uh-huh. I, I, that's that's it. I'm I'm actually really piss poor at the drums. Just 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 so we know. No nah, man, you do all right. You do <laughs> all right. I mean I mean uh, Steph has heard you. I mean she was w- she was there towards the end of the uh, of the old bar show days. Oh, yeah, she was. Um, I don't know that Is Josh that has heard you in person play drums or yeah or, or, yeah. yeah. Uh, when you guys uh, when we first moved in, you guys had that little bar show mini reunion in this actual office. <laughs> oh yeah, that's and right. It's very adjacent to my room, so it's kind of hard not to. It's hear just you on the guys. other side of that <laughs> wall. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it was <laughs> Richie's badass. I was Thank surprised. you guys. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah brother. You're a great drummer, Richie. I love you, Stephanie. And I've always said that about <laughs> you. But all right, all right, it's getting emotional. You're not that great of a person. I'm just kidding. Oh, oh shit! Oh. <laughs> Wait, well, then. more no, on that later. He's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Zingers. Oh, was <laughs> that Richie too? <laughs> <laughs> that was not me. So one of your favorite bands is The Police. What got you into them? Uh, was it Stuart Copeland's geez. drumming? Oh, I think so. Not 
By the way, a nice segue. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, growing up, I had a lot of different, you know, musical tastes and stuff like that. Like, uh, as most people picking up a new instrument, you kind of gravitate towards one genre or one, you know, uh, band or or whatever. And for me, it was the Police, and I I, I really uh, I really fell in love with Stuart Copeland's drumming. Um, mm-hmm. His technique is very it's it's um, he's just again he's one of those guys that just kind of plays what the song needs. He doesn't go overboard on doing anything really. It's it's more of his timing. Um, his timing is extremely extremely tight, uh, tighter than well. Anyways, it's really <laughs> tight. So um, I'll continue the last word. Oh no, yeah, okay. <laughs> so it's 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 very tight. Um, his timing is very precise, um, and I really wanted to model um, after that because I'll. Timing, as you know, is really important, especially yeah, tempo and timing when you're playing and, mm-hmm. in the studio live. I mean, you know, things happen and songs speed up and slow down. But it, it, in the actual studio itself, it, timing is, is it's it's very paramount. You know, you have to be on the ones and twos and threes and fours and stuff like that. Right. So um, after listening to that band, I, I kind of just wanted just to devote all of my time to 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 figuring out how the fuck he he was so tight and like just different sticking exercises and stuff like that so that's where that came from so i i appreciate the drumming of Stuart copeland as much as the next guy but um like excuse my ignorance i don't know too much about um not uh, excused <laughs> i don't know too much about like his 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 role in the police or anything like that but he's regarded as one of the better drummers um of of his time you know i i hear that a lot but it, was it a specific kind of jazz technique? Was there like ghost fills that made him really good or something that did he develop his own thing? So what it is, is uh, he pretty much started the band. Um, he He's the one that was the, f- he's the f- the quote unquote founder. Um, okay. A lot of people think that Sting did it. But anyways, that's a whole nother topic. But anyways, so um, <laughs> with him, the he brought like the reggae drumming sound in, into the mainstream. So um, he brought that into you know basically a rock band mm-hmm. so that that uh backbeat that like because t- typically it's like one two three four and with him it was like two it was it was just very oh. very reggae and just very uh-huh. like um yeah it was so that's that's what his role in that whole band was um i mean not the entire thing but that's what his contribution to like what was unique about exactly, that. exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah and i'm sure that's what and so what, what what other bands while you were growing up did you end up appreciating and maybe trying to model their their drumming styles after um so i i'm really into uh dave matthews band mm-hmm. um fuck you guys Anyways, you're a Dave uh, fan. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, so uh, that drummer is just beyond uh, just words. I mean, that guy is, is no every every single person in that band is very talented. Oh, you yeah, won't absolutely. catch me dead with an album <laughs> in my car. Well, yeah, or, uh, or on my mix. But no, I appreciate what they're trying to do. Absolutely, and, yeah. and that drummer specifically, uh, his name is Carter Beaufort, and. Uh, I picked up a lot of his technique in the sense that he uses a lot of he tries to mess with the time. So mm-hmm. instead of like a straight one, two, three, four, it's like one. And then he'll he'll throw in something, you know, like a triplet or like, a you know, like a, a, a he's got a lot of ghost notes in there and stuff like that. But um, he does a lot of jazz influenced stuff. Um, he's also um, a left handed drummer. Mm. So he has his right on the left hand side versus the right hand side. Sorry about that. And um, that was I tried to learn how, how to do that. Like Ringo was that hand. way too. I think Ringo was a left handed drummer playing on Pl- a right handed okay. drum set, which is fucking yeah. great. For and him. that's why. And that's why um, come together sounds the way it is. Or he hits <laughs> the yeah, yeah. There's a video of him explaining like the way of like you know that roll that he does. Don the way he hits the tom first because he hits it with his dominant hand. Yeah, uh, it just makes the sound makes the sound a little better. Everybody says, oh, you know, Ringo's a genius <laughs> for doing it. No, he's just a left-handed drummer playing on a right-handed <laughs> yeah. drum set. Don't take and that then, away from yeah. him, dude. No, well, he he shit, shit, he said it in the video I saw. <laughs> <laughs> totally he's like, it's really all it is. Like it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, being the being underrated a being uh, Beatle. <laughs> right, poor guy. Right, he'll never get the justice he deserves. So I'm sorry to interrupt. You were saying. No, that's it. Oh, man. cool. Uh, All right. Yeah. <laughs> so aside from being a drummer, you have uh, recently been doing a lot of real estate. 
And uh, so I, I, I'm not a homeowner. And uh, I'm sure a lot of the listeners probably aren't either. I thought you were going to say, I'm not a homo, which is cool. I mean, that's fine. You, oh. you know, whatever you... <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not. Oh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> either. But if you were... <laughs> it's okay. Anyways, yeah. Um, <laughs> fucking. So, so I understand that you uh, can give us a little bit of an insight for somebody who, has, who, is, uh, who wants to be a first-time uh, homeowner and what the roadmap would look like, just so, because it's kind of a scary uh, path. Or, Absolutely. you know, it's it's something where you just like for the next 30 years, I got to make this amount of a payment. And then, you know, you got to consider taxes and everything like that. Yeah. So what can you tell us in regards to that? Well, it's I mean, it is a long process. Um, it, it can be at times scary, but um, your agent should should be with you 100 percent of the time. Any questions, your agent and your lender. So if there's any doubts or any questions or Anything that goes through your mind about that, speak to them first, and they should be able to give you the right answer. But um, so the roadmap to being a first-time homeowner, there's it's really pretty simple. Yes, Nerd. well, I, I I I can give you that that uh, class afterwards. Afterwards, but, um, okay. So it's, it's pretty easy. I mean, simple. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Um, <laughs> the first step is to get pre-qualified. Um, in order to get pre-qualified, uh, you would need a couple of documents, your last two years of your tax returns, last two years, uh, last two months of your bank statements, last two months of your pay stubs. You need to be employed at your employer for two years. Um, if you're in between jobs, as long as you're in the same scope of work, that should be fine. Uh, copy your social and a copy your ID. Mm -hmm. So once you get all that stuff, um, speak to a lender um i personally like to tell clients to speak to more than one lender multiple mm -hmm. only because um at the moment there's a lot of competition out there so speaking with multiple lenders you get the um you basically get them fighting for your business so okay. there's a lot of times where they'll give you a better rate depending on you know who you talk to or like say hey you know i got this right here can you match this or can you do better so that's that once you speak with a lender, then we see how much you're qualified for. And once we see how much you're qualified for, I sit down with you or your real estate agent professional will sit down with you and basically just go over what your needs are, what your wants are, things that um, you absolutely don't want, things you, you, know, you do want. Um, so once we do that, we'll go out and start looking. Uh, once we do find something that you guys do like, we'll go ahead and write up an offer uh, once you know um, if that gets accepted then it gets um, accepted and then we open up escrow once escrow is opened it takes anywhere from 30 to 60 days for you to actually be able to live and, in at home and that's that's when i can't use my credit card for shit right oh yeah absolutely so, <laughs> and so why is that yeah i've heard that many times so during escrow is when you do not want to buy like anything on credit when you're getting approved um there's a lot of uh, steps that the underwriter has to take to make sure that you're actually able to pay the you know monthly and the loan okay. and uh, so they need some so kind of consistency exactly so if you do buy something like f for example I had a client that was um, that was purchasing a home a, a couple years back and you know he was we were I think a week away from closing escrow and mm -hmm. he gives his lender calls me and says hey man so we did the final uh, verification of his employment and uh apparently he resigned from his job like a week ago oh, oh shit so Damn. it's not gonna happen no. we're like whoa okay so um I, I try to tell them and uh our the lender should should also be pretty um open with you guys in terms of don't spend anything on your credit mm -hmm. um don't you know stay at your job because before you close escrow the lender will go back and check to make sure that everything yeah. is the same as it was mm -hmm. um, in terms of like getting a promotion or getting like a pay raise that can't hurt you. It, it, it'll only you know help you. So right. Um, that's pretty much it, man. And then once you close escrow, the home is yours. Okay. Nice. Well, that's, sick that's a simple process. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Yeah. Well, man, it's a process. It's a, and and I'm uh, and and you know I, I I eventually want to become a homeowner as probably a lot of the listeners. Steph and I 
probably are going to want to move out um, and stop living with with Josh here. Likewise, uh, sir. I mean, likewise. I mean, it's fucking <laughs> hell. Is mutual. I mean, what the fuck, dude? It sucks. Life <laughs> is horrible. <laughs> I mean, what can I say? Um, but uh, you know, down the line, and I and I hope that you know anybody considering it gets informed and uh, and does it the right way. I mean, it, it knowing is half the battle, dude. Yeah. It really is. Because <laughs> <laughs> really I, I mean, not a lot of people know. You know, you you kind of expect this 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 very simple thing, like all right, like I'm gonna go buy a house, done and done. It's like nah, it's it, it's a little it's bit. It's not a, like buying a, a, a car, process. which is a big purchase, but. It's just what six hours in an office, if that. Well, see, that's the thing. That, uh, it's it's different in terms of buying a car because the agent's not going to try to upsell you. You know what I mean? Like, oh, are you sure you don't want this? Oh, are you sure you don't want this? There's a real cool moonroof. You sure you don't want that? <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. So, um, we're actually looking out for our clients and their best interest because if so, I mean, you actually have souls. Yeah, ah. some of us, some ah. of us do. Some, some of them, them do. Don't. <laughs> Sadly. Sad. Well, cool, man. Well, uh, again, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, we're just going to get on with it. Uh, All right, so thanks, guys. Feel <laughs> no, feel free and stick around and uh, and just shoot the shit, man. Just chime on in. Comments. I know you're good at saying a bunch of stupid shit, so <laughs> feel free and oh, well, thank just you. be yourself. Just be you. Yeah. You be you. So one of the things I wanted to talk about, guys, was this whole thing where... Um, have you guys seen these new comedy things on Netflix where... They label it as comedy, but it's not really comedy. It's people just kind of telling stories, and they're like sad stories too. Like there's no punchline. Is it like that stand-up comedy stuff? Like it, they're, they're supposed to be stand-up comedy, but if you ask me, they're more that. like spoken word. Well, anyway, um, Saturday Night Live's writer Michael Che has had enough of it. Oh. <laughs> he went on some kind of tirade online, uh, like maybe a week ago or so, and he slammed the unfunny comedy culture. So what this uh, what this is is that um, in his Instagram, which he posted a few a few days ago, he he well, and by the way, Michael Che, he's a head writer of Saturday Night Live and one of the co-anchors of Weekend Update, where he parodies the news. So he opened up by saying that he typically doesn't attack other comedians, but that the situation demanded for it. So, quote, I know I've always said comedians should never openly shit on comedy, but what the fuck are we going to do about all this anti-comedy uh, <laughs> comedy that these A students keep shoveling out? I mean, what the fuck's going on? One or two, okay, but there's like three of them now, and it's becoming <laughs> a goddamn mild inconvenience. What the fuck, Netflix? <laughs> Give them N word another section. Uh, call it stand up tragedy instead. So uh, he he's referencing recent Netflix comedy specials that seem to favor political correctness over humor. So there's one person called Hannah Gadsby's uh, recent stand up special titled Nanette. Uh, where she ditches out jokes and instead talks about her life as a queer woman. So it's more like, you know, this is my life kind of thing. It's and like a monologue. So it turns from a comedy yeah. special into a monologue. Yeah. And he says, you know, some critics say rape jokes aren't funny. But do you know what's definitely not funny? Rape stories. Oh, God. <laughs> so just flat out fully detailed rape stories. I know. I, I don't know about you, but that hasn't made me laugh once. And he's been getting some shit through uh, social media because of all that. Like somebody said, uh, let's see. Well, he, he also said, I don't want to have to survive a comedy special. I want to laugh. Let's not make this what it's not. And uh, he pushed back against another person who said comedy equals tragedy plus time. But this is one of the one, this is one of the best things that he said on this was you still need a punchline, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> Can't just walk out and say the Holocaust. Good night. <laughs> oh. I'm sure Hitler did say that. So, so is, that, is that like Netflix's ultimate joke? Because they're saying it's comedy, but it's not. But jokes so on you, motherfucker! Yeah, we just got you. you to watch this. Yep. <laughs> it could be. It could be. But you know, I think uh, everybody being a prude these days for the last ten years has really developed that kind of clean Over oversensitivity. Oversensitivity that that uh, uh, political correctness yeah. in their comedy. And <clears throat> if you ask me, comedy is not politically cor correct. It's not supposed to be. And you know. The, the people that go to the comedy clubs and still get mad at the comedians for saying something that was fucking like that's supposed to be funny or at least shit they're trying what do you expect it's a I know show, I right? mean uh, the best thing you can do is just not laugh like you know don't attack the guy yeah. trying to trying to make you laugh so they're just like 
Are they literally like rape stories, horror stories? They're 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 stories of about this. Yeah, (laughs) it's weird, dude. It's fucking weird, and and that's why Michael Che's all pissed off because he's just like, dude, there was. I was like, all right, one, two people, but now there's three, and how many more is Netflix gonna dish out? I mean, it's one thing if you're labeling it as comedy and you're doing fucking vagina monologues 2.0 over here, and (laughs) I mean, but come on, like, call it a monologue or call Mm -hmm. it like. Something yeah. else, a sit down, like not comedy. That's ugh, right. I'm let's, feeling let's, some kind of way about this. Man. Let's just say <laughs> that you watch the whole thing, and then now Netflix knows that you watched it, and it's gonna start giving oh. you all of these. Yeah, hits. yeah. Like yeah, oh, yeah. because you watched this. I don't know rape story, and you liked it, and you finished it, and watched all the credits. Here's all these I other am shocked stories. and appalled. But yeah. you see, you guys watch dumb <laughs> shit all the time. So I mean, no, no, we don't. Fault. Yeah, you watch like one stupid thing. Blame mainly Steph. She no. watches one stupid thing, and no. then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, you, you open up the floodgates to your own torment. That's, that's, so that's, that's yeah. I think you need to get your own profile. Yeah. <laughs> You're fucking up my my group. You're done. You're out. You're out of Netflix. <laughs> no, you're done, son. Yeah. So. Um, so and I've I've been noticing that a lot and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there was if there was more of that that's going to be happening and I I, I, I just not. don't know I just, I hope that a lot of people kind of vote by not watching it or by letting Netflix know hey man can you just create another category for this bullshit because <laughs> this is more like spoken word or or something else that that's not comedy I mean comedy is supposed to be funny it's supposed do to they be- at least like f- structure it in a comedic way no 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 there's no punchline that's what he's saying he's like at least I want a fucking punchline, dude. So you haven't actually seen it. No, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'd watch it either. <laughs> I yeah. wouldn't watch that shit. Mm. Nah. I'm good. Be roped into that kind I of I thought you were shit. at first I thought you were talking about like that one special where Dion Cole showed up. Like there's like five different um comedians. Okay. It's like all single one shots. Oh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And Dion Cole came up and I thought he was gonna do like legit stand up. Yeah. Like it was gonna be hilarious. No. He just re- he just read off a list of shit that he just wrote like the night before. <laughs> He's like, I didn't really. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly. That's laughs> funny. It's yeah. supposed to be funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that that's fucking that fucking sucks. Anyway, do you guys catch uh, Ant Man and uh, and the Wasp? Sure did. Have Yay. you have you seen it? What do you think? Uh, I thought it was great. Richie, have you seen it? I yeah. have not, dude. I I haven't even seen the first Ant Man. Oh jeez! Yeah, wow. I'm, I'm Where'd you leave up? Like how 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 behind um, are you with? Uh, I the last the last one Marvel I saw movies. was uh, Iron Man one. Jesus um, Christ! Wow. Is, All right. Is there a lot that right. I have to catch up on? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Has anything happened since then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm kidding. Um, I haven't seen that, but uh, the last Marvel one I saw was Thor Ragnarok. Okay, not okay. too long ago. No. But there's been a couple movies. Since. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you haven't seen like Black Panther? Or I did see that. Okay, one. that so one was fucking that. good. Uh, yep, that yes, one was it great. is. Yeah. Well, this one, uh, I, I have a little review of it. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised. And by the way, I give it an eight point five out of ten. Yeah. Does that sound about right, Steph? Uh, Josh? Um, we we, we yeah. uh, Steph yeah. and I saw it at the uh, at the drive-in, so we were getting drunk off some Jack and Coke. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. While we were it watching was it, too much alcohol. Oh yeah, you much. you got pretty tossed, Ooh, but nice. uh, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, it, uh, in my opinion, it topped the first Ant Man, and uh, it was rather refreshing to see an uplifting type of superhero movie after what happened in the previous Infinity War movie. Uh, if you haven't seen that yet, don't want to spoil it for you, but it's it, it, shit shit goes down. Well, the internet has already. So oh it's okay. well, well, well then there you go. Cool. <laughs> well, the movie also mentions why Ant Man wasn't a part of Infinity Wars. So if you pay attention, you'll pick up why. So anybody uh, who's kind of thinking of watching it, it's 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 a good movie. Uh, don't be the guy who, after a decade of these of these Marvel movies, still heads out to the exits as the credits just start rolling in. Yeah, I don't get that. W- don't those get people still exist after yeah, ten years why? of Marvel yeah. movies. You know, um, and, and that and it's the same douchebag that ends up blocking the aisles when they're walking down, and then uh, after the credit scene starts playing, <laughs> yeah. they they're they, just standing. Yeah, right they're there just in the standing hallway. there. It's like Dick, just sit down. Sit down. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so to you, sir, I would like to say. Don't be a dick. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> did you have almost that, like I didn't miss? Did you, you have that queued up on Eastern Time or what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mountain Mountain Standard. Oh. Time, thank you very much, sir. Do you know what Paul Rudd does not age, dude? No, the he guy doesn't. doesn't age. How old Most is that guy? Like He's forty nine. Forty nine, almost fifty. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah. This is the same Paul Rudd that was in Clueless. Yeah. Yeah, and he looked exactly right? the same. Dude, yes. That was like 23, <laughs> 24 years yeah. ago. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. <sighs> Such a dream. Uh, Evangeline. <laughs> <Lee>. <laughs> All right. Well, Josh, I understand that you might have some sports for us today. Of course. All yeah, right. Sports. What's up, party people? Hi, Josh. Every time. What's up, dog? All right, guys. <laughs> What's up, man? How What's you up? doing? How you I'm, living? I'm living large, yeah, buddy. Yeah, that's right. Looking good over there, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Romance. Oh, don't worry. We're gonna we're gonna get it on with that's this. Right. So, since I got a fellow eagle here in the room with me. Um, we're gonna kind of talk a little bit of some football. Oh, that's right! Now. You guys are Eagles fans. Yes, sir. Fly, 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 Eagles, fly. Rams suck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, actually, in Rams news, um, there was a football player by the name of Mr. Todd Gurley. Do you know who he is, sir? He's a girly man. Yes, very girly, very girly indeed. Um, he actually signed a uh, new contract extension today um, for four years, sixty million dollars. Jeez. So f- with 45 million of that fully guaranteed, guaranteed huh? good for so him. He's one of the first running. Actually, he's the first running back to get fully guaranteed money like that in NFL. Is that history. why it's a big deal? Yeah, that's why it's a huge oh, deal wow. right now. Okay. And I know I mentioned this in um, one of the last podcasts about Le'Veon Bell having to play under the uh, franchise t- tag again this year. So since um, Todd Gurley got an extension with his salary being raised, mm-hmm. um, that raises Le'Veon Bell's um, salary for the franchise tag. Because they get basically what the franchise tag is. It's um, you basically are mandatory have to play one year with your current team. Mm-hmm. But they have to pay you at like the top salary of that position. Oh. So if that position player, like let's say you're, um, I don't know, who should I say? Uh, not Carson Wentz. Fucking um, Jamarcus Russell. Let's say you're Jamarcus Russell, the Raiders. Yeah, let's say that. Let's say that. And he's a shitty, r- he's a shitty, people. he's the worst quarterback in nfl history and he's a raider yeah he is a raider um the so, raiders so yes let's say he has no contract they say they don't want to get rid of him so we want to franchise tag him uh-huh. even though he's the worst fucking player in the world because it's a franchise tag he has to get paid tom brady money like at 24 oh, million sorry, so similar to that that's so, crazy so with Todd Gurley, this happening to Todd Gurley, now people like Le'Veon Bell who are stuck on the franchise day, they can go to their team and be like, look, you either pay me exactly the same salary he's doing it or guarantee me more money and, you know, extend my, you know, extend my years here. So we'll see what happens. It's actually going to put a little bit more in favor in the players and negotiations as far as contract wise. So seeing more of this often, maybe they'll eventually go to more fully guaranteed money like they do in the NBA and, mm-hmm. the, and the baseball. Yeah. Because um, so everybody's essentially a temp, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Like, pretty much everyone's a temp in the NFL. Like, even um, extended contracts back in the old days, like, when you had, like, a three- or four-year contract, if you got hurt most of the time, depending on what the injury was, they would have dropped you. Dang. Yeah, so unless you Ruthless. really needed, like, medical attention, like, constantly, or if you're, like, a top player, then they would spend the money on trying to keep you. But... If you're just like a lowly player, just trying to even make the roster and you get hurt, boom, you're done, son. Yeah. And there's like a lot of guys that barely make anything. Like they make maybe like 30, like below minimum wage in the NFL, just trying to play, just trying to get on the team. So, yeah, hopefully this kind of uh, leads to somewhere and it's better for the NFL. I mean, um, like. Richie, what do you think are uh, our chances this year of uh, going back to the Super Bowl? Yeah, do you, uh, based on what you guys know, are, are they going to be going to the Super Bowl again this year? Let's hope so, man. I mean, are they making some right moves right now? We, like, made, we made the Eagles made some uh, pretty decent moves. I mean, they didn't really lose too much. No. Um, if, if anything, they added uh, better players and a lot. I just of need to prepare players. myself to be annoyed again. Oh yeah, you are. Trust Jesus me, man. You're going to be so annoyed it, it's all okay. year. Yeah, don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, don't worry, man. It's okay. When can it's we expect fun. the Raiders to go to Las Vegas? Never. I no? mean, <laughs> is that <laughs> not <laughs> happening anymore? No, I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, there, I think last time I heard it was like 2020 or 2021. So, um, so LA can virtually another. have three teams. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Just the one. Just yeah. one's a little further out. A- LA East. East, yeah. right, East LA. Right. Super East Lows, huh? Super East Lows. Oh, that's the East Lows Raiders. Yeah. Oh, speaking of LA, um. 
you know, we got LeBron. Richie, what are your thoughts on LeBron? I love it, dude. Yeah, were you a big Kobe fan? I was a big yeah. Kobe fan. So we all were. I, yeah, I'd like yeah. to think. So were so you kind of hurt when LeBron kind of came in, or you're just kind of like, you know what? Let's get back to being something again. Look, man, the Lakers have always been a, a dynasty. You know what I mean? Yes. Johnson, you know, uh, Kobe, Shaq, Kareem, Kareem. Oh my God, Will, Will Chamberlain, Will Chamberlain. <laughs> Jerry West. The Don't list. forget about Michael Cooper. Michael uh, Cooper. Dude, just so many greats. Byron so having Scott. King 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 James here is just it's it's great. It's great for yeah. It's like let's add to our list. City. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, totally. what do you think about like these murals being defaced? I think it sucks, man. Like you're not gonna deface a Kobe mural, are you? Like what's 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 the uh, what's that saying? They hate us because they ain't us. Like they hate us because they ain't <laughs> us. Yo, it's not it's not his fault that he's a great player you know what i mean like everywhere that he goes it's it's it he does something great so why shit on that you know what i mean be happy that he's gonna bring that that talent and that winning mentality to the fucking city yeah you know what i think it's it has a lot to do with too though that la is such like a transient sports team Mm -hmm. like you got people all over the city (laughs) there are fans of all different types of teams like you got every type of fan here so it's like when you do finally get people like they want to like you have the bandwagoners that come to Lakers and then you have those people that are just so like like the L the L.A. Ho- like faithful. Yeah. The ones that actually grew up here are the biggest dicks most of the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I mean, I, and I, I'm probably going to be one of them, but I mean, not no, I as agree. much as I agree. most of these people, you know. Well, I mean, being in being here in L.A., there's a certain expectation, you know, just, just like an age or. In any major city, it's like you have to win, you know, and I feel like L.A. has gotten so used to winning so much that anything short of that is like, you know, yeah, it's failure. It's It's failure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I I mean, I do agree, but I think we have to start getting into the mindset where it's like, dude, we can't be like that or else we're going to be disappointed every goddamn year. Yeah. So we got to start hitting reality here, people. and Just just take what we can. But, you know, in more Laker news, I got some uh, shocking news for you guys. Uh Um. Yeah, everyone's familiar with the Mr. Uh, Lamar Odom. Oh, yeah. What happened with him? Well, uh, he's gotten himself into a little again? bit more trouble again. Yes. Oh, Is man. it weed again? It's No, no, it's not weed. It's not hookers. It's not blow. Oh. It's, it's not? Weed. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> what could Actually, it be? it's Hooters he's involved in. What? Hooters? Like the owls? Like the owls. No, yes. Like the, the chest owls. The chest owls. Oh, the yes. chest owls. Yes, the chest owls. <laughs> So actually, um, I saw them at Coachella last year. Oh yeah, how were they? <laughs> they, they, were, they were bouncy, they were busty. They were busty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> could barely get a note off with the mic getting stuck in between their tits. Right. Yeah. Right. Well then, <laughs> actually, Lamar Odom was uh, present at a Hooters where there was an altercation um, where a couple of his friends were uh, involved in it, and a gunshot was fired. Oh. And then a second gunshot was fired. Jeez. Um, no, no. The at a Hooters? At a Hooters. At a Hooters. Oh, man. It's not known for yes. gunshots. In New York. Queens, New York, though. So let's get this. Uh, let's get it. Uh, All right. All let's right. get the scene kind of set yeah, there a little better. Yeah, paint the picture. Yeah, yeah it was in Queens, so, you know, maybe it's a little bit more plausible there. But, um, yeah, crazy, right? I mean, what do you guys think? Can this guy ever just... Not get into trouble. It's, Can it's, catch the, a break? it's the crowd he's with, man, and that's that's what hurts a lot of athletes and and just famous people in general. When whenever they you know they they, they turn to something like drugs and alcohol or too much of one thing is just just gets the better of them. Um, it's the crowd that he's running with right now, man. Yeah, man. And, and who who knew that being with a Kardashian would actually be better for him? And then once he lost that he just went to shit right i yeah. didn't shit that, was, that surprised me yeah i thought if anything i thought chloe was ruining the lakers chances but yeah we thought she was yokoing him up come back chloe <laughs> <laughs> save lamar save lamar <sighs> i was gonna put that guy too man <laughs> all right well that's it for me in sports guys awesome man thank you A lot of louds for you there, Richie. Can you turn it up just a little bit? I'm I, I I'm partially deaf in my left ear, so I, could you like just blow up completely my right ear? He yeah, we're not doing any of it. Even it out, you know. Yeah, please. <laughs> well, today we have a mixture of two segments uh, with Steph. Steph's doing her health and such with the joint report. So, w- which one? Which one? Uh, which one is it going to be, Steph? 
Jeez, I don't even know if I'm qualified for the joint report, but I guess we can do that one first. All right, cool. Well, here we go. Joint report with Steph. Give me some. I'll smoke you two under the table. It's from the bomb. What do you got for us, Steph? All right. Um, so in one of your old podcasts, I think you talked about oils and such. And yeah, I'm it was on uh, 710. It was the new weed holiday for concentrates because upside down, it says oil. Glory be all 710. <laughs> <laughs> That's a stretch. <laughs> really? And 420 is not a stretch? Do you know, know I, what 420 I, signifies? I think 420 is a legitimate holiday. Let's let's give it some time yeah, before 710 is yeah. a legitimate holiday. Yeah. No, 710 is like jumping no, 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 into no, no, it. No, 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 It's happening. <laughs> it's good right? enough for me. It's happening. <laughs> All right, well then. <laughs> it makes sense, Not so only it's happening. It already happened. Hey, mm. it makes more sense than National Donut Day, right? Don't knock those donuts, bro. Yeah, yeah, I got a free but donut okay, at Krispy Kreme. That I understand day. it if it's like once a year, but it's like once a month there's a new National Donut Day. So let's calm down, people. I'm okay with this. Yeah, donuts are great. Yeah, man. Continue, Steph. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I want to talk about cannabis extracts. And yeah, you do. And the reason why they're extracted. Uh-huh. Okay. Why? No, okay. You guys are going to have to help me a little bit on this to okay. make sure that I'm actually talking about what's supposed to be talked about. Okay. Uh, so cannabis extracts, from the information that I've gathered, there are a couple of different types. There's the... Um, the mechanical processing of the plant to remove the pollen, such as, you know, that yield products such as keef and hash. And there's um, additives such as butane or propane extracts um, to actually filter through the cannabis. Um, and then there's uh, like live resin that actually uses freezing. Oh, yeah. And so I wanted yes. to just kind of differentiate between those types of like mechanical chemical processing mm-hmm. uh so from what i understand hash is just like a like a compact compacted version of keith yeah right? it's just it's like a more mechanically process yeah so like w- what the keef is the keef is like the powdery substance at the end of like the marijuana leaves like if you were to grind the the flower then that's what kind of falls that's off the falls dust off it's the, the bottom yeah, yeah. It's right. so so what what you do is you get all the keef up and then you compress it and you compress it together in like mm-hmm. a presser sometimes and then you s- some people like freeze it and then it becomes um or no actually you know what do they freeze it I don't know so like yeah. a chicken no, nugget well, that's what I was hoping no, to learn no, no, today no, yeah well, like a chicken the, nugget the, yeah <laughs> the extraction method yeah you're you're pretty close with that with so for um, hash they actually use ice water to actually extract there it is okay. the, yeah. the the triclone like a cold brew. It. Yeah, pretty much. A little bit. <laughs> cold brew for weed. Yeah. <laughs> for weed. A cold brew. All right. Cold brew for weed. Cold brew for weed. Um, so that is one of the ways to do it. And then there's also a more dangerous way, but it's it's one of the more common ways is using uh, butane to actually filter out the trichomes from the actual flower. Yes, and I've seen that method as well. Have and you seen those videos on YouTube? I've seen it in person. It? Oh, you've seen it in person? Yeah. <laughs> it's so dangerous. It's not part of my... Uh, my my best days, but uh, I knew a gen- <laughs> I knew a gentleman back in my Lowe's days, mm. and uh, I worked with him, and he used to do it um, out of his garage. And what it, what he would do was he would have like this this tube, this glass tube, and he'd pack it with a bunch of with a bunch of weed all the mm-hmm. way to the end, and then he'd attach it, he'd screw it onto like a torch attachment uh-huh. that has like butane hooked up to it, and then he would just fire it. And you would see it like burn up, but then all of a sudden it would start to swish and become liquid. And it would like, yeah, exactly. Like a slushy? I know, yeah. Like a slushy. Exactly like a slushy. I love slushy. A nice, dirty, shit colored slushy. Yeah. All right, yeah. now we're talking. Yeah. yeah. And so, <laughs> so, what he would do was he would whip it up, it would get all liquidy, and then he would put it into like a, almost like a pan. And then he'd put it into the fridge, let it freeze, and then it comes out. Sometimes they would he would make shatter. Other times it would be like crumble. 
So it'd be like a little bit more um, thick, mm-hmm. whereas shatter is more glass-like and it's more thin because most of the time it you know it dries more flat. So kind of like a like a caramel, like when you when yeah. you melt sugar yeah down and then it create creates that film or that shattery. That shattery, yeah, yes. and that's why they like that. call it shatter because mm-hmm. it's more of a film when it's yeah. when it's mm-hmm. made and you actually have to break it. In mm-hmm. order for it not to get stuck on what it's being uh, made on, like you have to s- like slam it down, and it'll kind of break it up into pieces for you to pick and put it into containers. Yeah, I've also yeah. seen a different method of the butane hash oil. Uh, actually, when you when you filter the, uh, sorry, I'm losing track. When you filter <laughs> the wheat uh, with butane, I've actually seen it um, put into like the the oil put into um, a top pot and actually the butane burn off when that's extremely dangerous because yeah. what happens oh yeah it can it can bust. yeah totally that's so. dumb that's <laughs> do not okay don't do any of the, <laughs> the don't do it at home step. there's there's all these youtube videos of at home fails so just don't follow it don't be one of them and then Not I was learning that it's the yeah, making butane hash oil at home is the equivalent to having a meth lab at home. Sounds yes. like it. Yeah. yeah. So it's the same penalty. It can blow yes. up. Yeah. 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 So don't do it, guys. Just go buy it. Don't do it. Just go <laughs> buy it. Don't do it. Um, but what I was reading is the, the future of butane hash oil might be going down because there's more natural methods such as yes. the, the, the rosin or the, the heat compression. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you, if you ever think of like a hydraulic press yeah, and that's yeah. heated, then uh, that act can actually press out the oil naturally and you can get oh, it that way. Yeah. And so a lot more manufacturers are doing it that way. Probably a lot than safer. It's yeah, a lot safer. So. And um, one of the videos I was watching, um, it's actually OSHA certified technology that they're using. So it's safe. It is safe. <laughs> Super safe. Nice. Yes. And uh, oh, and this is a fun, interesting fact that I learned about rosin. Rosin is a term originated as a method of making a product used on violin bows, so it would actually be used by musicians to um, string their bows. Yeah, to and get it make moist. Them, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, to make hey, the sound pop a, moist, a little moist. bit more. Nice. Moist. Yeah. And then they smoke it. Um, no. The cool musicians did. The cool musicians <laughs> did. The jazz musicians. The jazz music. Oh, yeah. Um. Oh, and then live resin, as I mentioned before, is cryogenic freezing. Um, negative 292 degrees Fahrenheit. And so mm. they use the entire plant, and this is the most expensive. Um, and it preserves the terpene part of the plant, which is the part that you smoke. Yeah, and live yeah. resin actually comes out more like jelly-like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like where you would see shatter and crumble, where it's more solid, and you actually have to break pieces off. This it's like if you were to put a spoon in it, it literally looks like you have jam on the Oh, crazy! So it kind of like sa- it sags a little because it it the cons- it the consistency needs to be like it has to be like sub zero temperature for it to freeze. Mm-hmm. So and that's a, like a testament to how it's made. But it's pure. It's it's more pure than anything else because yeah. it's just nothing but pure terpenes. So you get faded as awful. And terpenes give it that flavor. Yes. That, that, yeah. Yes. That, that, the, the smell and the flavor. It's really good. Uh, a wise man told us when we were in Denver that um, typically if you enjoy the smell of the flower that you're about to smoke, you're typically gonna enjoy, enjoy the, taste. The, the taste and the feeling that you get when, yeah. when, the, when the THC kicks in. So that's why I, I That's kind of how you judge. And that's why people body. smell the jars when they go to the dispensaries. And that's, it's a good idea to smell it because if you enjoy the smell, you're gonna enjoy the high. Yeah, the touch doesn't really necessarily matter as much mm-hmm. as yeah. the smell. The smell's like the the full body experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, there you have it. The mechanical, the chemical, and the freezing techniques. All right. Cool. I hope that... Uh, was that, very was that your joint report? I guess. <laughs> I, I, I learned a lot. That Smoke weed every day. Thanks, Steph. That was You're insightful. welcome. <laughs> Anything else for us? Eat your weed. Eat your weed? Eat your weed because... Is this, is this your health and such? This is the health and such. Oh, well, give me a second. Health and such with Steph. Where'd you get that heartbeat from? It Don't worry really about healthy. it. Don't worry about it. It was his. 
I had it on you when you got your vasectomy done. Oh, wow. Oh. Oh. So that's Richie's heartbeat. That's his balls beat. Oh, his balls beat? <laughs> <laughs> You're not kidding. Out. Not, that, that means not slowing down. <laughs> no. No, it's not. That's, a, that's the knife. As, as the knife's getting closer, <laughs> that's why it's <laughs> starting <laughs> to beat a little faster. <laughs> so about that health report, huh, Steph? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Enough about Richie's balls. <laughs> Aww. I know. I know. This one's going to be a quick one. Um, I found this. Yeah, we're talking about Richie's balls. Hey. <laughs> Back to the lungs. Uh, yes. So I found this article, and it's, a, it's titled The Effect of Cannabis Smoking on Lung Function and Respiratory Symptoms, a Constructed Literature Review. So pretty much what the authors found was that uh, people that smoke, that actively smoke or and or vape um, cannabis for more than 20 years actually start resembling those people that have smoked cigarettes, tobaccos. Ah. Mm-hmm. A lot of ah. coughing, wheezing, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of sputum production. And uh, they're... Hold on, I can't even read my writing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's probably because I wrote it. I knew it. Oh, did you? No, I'm just kidding. That's who was in my bedroom last night. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a huh? minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Who let that damn crowd in here? <laughs> anyway, the there's a method of testing your um, tidal volume. So it's uh, the first second of forced exhalation is a test that doctors will use to test your lung capacity. Oh, yeah. And so that actually decreases the more you smoke. Mm-hmm. And that's an indicator of uh, chronic pulmonary obstructive. Disorder. Oh, that's or with COPD. anything. I mean, I, I would I would imagine if you're introducing a foreign substance into your body, I mean, don't ex- don't don't be surprised. Yeah. If you end up losing something uh, because of it, I mean, just like Dr. Drew always says, there's no free lunch in nature. You know, there's going to be a byproduct or or some kind of consequence for for doing something. Mm-hmm. If I didn't enjoy getting high all the time, I'd be. Worried, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I can see you eye to eye on this, but <laughs> it's a it's a small price to pay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean. A lot of people are going to do it. They're going to continue to smoke it, and mm-hmm. that's fine. But you just got to think about, you know, your quality of life later on. Because mm-hmm. then you're, you're essentially thinking about putting 30, even 40 years of smoking, vaping, marijuana into your lungs. Yeah. And then, you know, what's that going to mm-hmm. be like? The research is very little right yeah. now. So, yeah. so rather than tell us how, how we're going to die, um, how do we avoid this? <laughs> Eat your weed. Eat my weed. Eat your weed. Eat your weed. Oh, so, so just eat the plant. Yeah. All right, not. guys. I mean, they already it. make lots of edibles. They make water. Infused water, so you can drink it. Really? Yeah. I, I'm living under a rock. That's oh. crazy. It's all online now. You, oh. can, you can be you can be that you can be that douchebag that hands up the the cups of water uh, during the marathon. <laughs> oh, you're gonna <laughs> screw with a lot of people. <laughs> Richie, it's free. Like, oh, everybody! And LA marathon. Let's go. Let's do it. Now we are in lap twenty three. Everybody's starting to slow down. <laughs> just have what Sarah, happened? Just have Sarah have the getaway car ready, and we'll go. We'll do it. Let's do it. <laughs> We're two days into this marathon, everybody. <laughs> they busted out some lawn chairs and. It appears that they just decided to smoke some weed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, but that's interesting right. though because there there a lot of articles on on cannabis say that it's it's there, there's a lot of benefits to it. So that's very interesting that that there's actual there's a there's a study that says that it's you know that about your lungs and stuff like that. That's really interesting. It's mm-hmm. it's just a you know primary indicator that that could happen. Right. There's no link between. Um, smoking, vaping, uh, cannabis with lung cancer yet because it's still too early. Right. Gotcha. It's like you really won't see any of those studies come out for 10, 15 years. So mm-hmm. why don't we just test one of them hippies up in San Francisco? I'm pretty sure those motherfuckers have been smoking since the <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah. Since the 60s, and probably man. more of it because the consistency wasn't so concentrated back then. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, so, but so they were just smoking more and more of it to you, get there. You have to consider... Uh, people that just smoke cannabis and cannabis only and people who smoke a combination of tobacco and cannabis because uh, tobacco uh, actually increases yeah tobacco in- increases your chances of getting lung cancer That's so true. you got you got to be a little scientific about these things and yeah. not just say you're going to die <laughs> so uh don't pick up cigarettes guys pick up yeah. cig weed yeah. you want a cig weed <laughs> no more no more of that tobacco everybody <laughs> i think there's a place where you can get those swisher sweets pre-dumped Pre-dumped. Pre-dumped? Pre-dumped. <laughs> oh, that's was not that, a thing. That was in, <laughs> that was in Atlanta, I think. 
Yeah. Okay. That was a TV show. That was not a real. Well, actually, was it? I hope it's a real thing. Maybe. Pre dump Swisher Sweets just to make your own fucking. Actually, I, blunt. I think if uh, at old ye old ninety four video foo, they have some uh, pre dumped. Yeah, um, yeah, but uh, you might be right, and you uh, you can get grape flavored get and grape vanilla flavored, oh. and yeah, you, you make some nice some fat treat. blunts. Oh yeah, well that's a good health and such, Steph. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, we are up to our last segment here for the music highlights. <sighs> All right. Well, today we're going to go over Richie's drumming in a track that the bar show likes to call takes a drink or two. You remember writing that? Sh- <laughs> you remember writing that shit, man? And you know what's cool about Jeez. this song? You know, and you know why I chose this song is because not only did Richie drum on it, he came up with the original riff to this song. <laughs> You're the one who introduced the riff of this song, man. And and it's and it's the single of the of our old album that we put out back in 2008. What was it, around February 2008? I, I was, yes. yeah, I think it was. I think we were wearing uh, sweaters. 96. The summer of '96. Summer '96. No, 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 that's a different song oh, altogether. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a summer '69. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, was it? Well, yeah, that's okay. Never mind. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, uh, it was probably what 2006 when we wrote the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we put it all together. Alex came through with his bass, um, and I- everything just kind of fit together. And and I'd say it's probably one of the more enjoyable songs on the album. Uh, Steph, what, what do you what do you think about this particular song? Takes a drink or two. Yes, oh Steph. man, mm-hmm. I haven't heard that song in a minute. Yeah, I like that song. Well, well it's to. a great song. You want to listen to it now? Sure. <laughs> To regret, huh? Another lazy day, calling you. 
myself As I toast for better Be a dick. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that is what that's from. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great song. So uh, you were saying while this song was playing how fun you would have when you would play it live. I think a lot of people had fun with that one. That, that one was a good one. It's, um, it's good. It, what, uh, and obviously the, the, the title of the song, Takes a Drink or Two, uh, It Only Takes a Drink or Two to Put Me in a Brighter Mood. This, uh, this song I wrote right after I broke up with this chick. Uh, she was the chick that I was with right before Steph. I ah. knew it. I knew that's what the song was about. <laughs> <laughs> and all I could do is go out with my buddies and have a drink or two or five. Or seven. <laughs> <laughs> but it, uh, it, I think we what we put it like in the middle of the set, uh, built up to it, and then just finished off uh, with something strong. Yeah, absolutely. It, dude, that song is so much fun. I think a lot of people had fun uh, with that one. It, mm-hmm. It's it's pretty uh, it's pretty just straightforward fun song to just. Yeah. Like you could drive to that song and be like, oh, yeah, right, right. Song. And um, th- there's a there's a lot of influences going into that song. I mean, shoot, I think uh, there's there's Foo Fighters for sure. Pearl Jam, uh, Weezer. I was listening to a lot of Weezer back then. <laughs> and um, yeah, man, those, those are the days. But I'm glad to have you back drumming for us uh, at TFE, man. It's fun. So um, again, yeah, <laughs> Mo- moving on. Um, there's another band that I discovered this week. They are called Plague Vendor. They came out this year with this uh, um, single called I Only Speak in Friction. So uh, we'll check it out for a little bit. Here we go. <laughs> So that's Plague Vendor. I'll leave it running for a little bit while we talk over it, but kind of reminds me of the hives. Yes. What do you that's think? That's what it is. I yeah. So. Richie, what do you what's your take on it? Dude, I love it. Like <laughs> I want to go out and mosh to this song. It's it's so fun. Yeah, it, it's kind of misleading at the beginning because it's doing that bam, bam, and then the and the the, the drum doom, doom, that like that's what really reminded me of um the hives. It's kind of like if the hives and hot hot heat Oh, Fuck? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Remember Hot Hot Heat? Hot Hot I gotta listen to the song again. Yeah. <laughs> so that was um, I Only Speak in Friction by Plague Vendor. Another song, song and, and I like to ask our guests to uh, come in with a song every time that they, uh, they come in. And I tell everybody, you know, pick a song that back in the day when it came out, pick a song that you think didn't get the love that it deserved. So what's the song that you picked, uh, Richie? I was going to pick The Bar Show, but you were like, nah, don't pick The Bar Show. That band sucks. And I was like, fuck. And here we are. (laughs) 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 No, uh, this is a song by uh, Fastball. And I know what everybody's thinking. It's probably going to be that one song that was fucking all over the radio and I fucking hate right now. And why are you putting me through this bullshit? Actually, there was another song that they came out with, which in my opinion is the better song of the two singles uh-huh. uh, but i feel like no one really gave it a chance and uh yeah 
All right. Well, this is a song called uh, Fire Escape Fire by Escape. Fastball. came out in 1998 uh, on their album called All the Pain Money Can Buy. Here we go. Mellow song, man. Yeah, it is. It's quintessential '90s, even. Very '90s, <laughs> super '90s. Yeah, it's just a fun. It's it's very easy going. Like it's just a. It, I I feel like there's not much going on there, but there's a lot of how we were discussing earlier. There's a lot mm-hmm. of control. There's a lot of precision in every one of those instruments. I mean, the guitar could easily be playing, you know, super fast or you know, uh, playing more notes. Than it is, you know, it's just strumming once or twice in there. And yeah. I think having that space in that song really makes it what it is, you know. See, and I was going to say that the, the, the band name is very misleading. Fastball. Fastball. And then you have the, one of the most melodic, <laughs> <laughs> like, mellow songs. Well, even then, the, their other single that everybody knows about, The Way. Oh, that's what it's called. <laughs> yeah. I choose to forget that one. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's very, it's almost, it's aggressively 90s. It's like... Like here's yeah. the '90s, bitch. Like it kind of has a Spanish feeling to it too, and uh, the the harmonies are good on it though. But this one, this one's really good. I, I like it. I like that it kind of reminds me of, you know, the Gin Blossoms, oh, uh, yeah. that kind of feel where it's not exactly kind of in, it's not it's not into the poppy realm like yeah. Matchbox Twenty would have been, uh, yeah. or Third Eye Blind was. Uh, but it's kind of in that pocket, like where it's, it's 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 it, still good. Just imagine yourself at at home or even at, at, at like a bar you're just kind of hanging out you're like oh this all right that's kind of cool like yeah all right, it's, whatever it's, it's dope yeah. it's dope music i have in the background and actually just to enjoy the pu- enjoy people around you and just chill yeah i don't need little john yelling at me all the time you're right <laughs> i do yeah well speak for yourself sir well, I will. <laughs> he has to know when to take shots man yeah yeah shots 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 i know which uh, who's gonna bust out the bottle uh, steph did you bring the bottle? No. It's hidden no, I in didn't. That I didn't get the memo. You remember? What's cool? We'll get Fubart after the show. Fucking email. <laughs> Damn email. All right. Well, that does it for another show of the Fubar Show. Thank you, everybody, for listening in to the Fubar Show. Thank you also for subscribing and telling a friend like a freaking champ. You can always catch us at Fubar Show. That's Show at gmail.com. And Show is our handle on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Check us out, drop us a line, and we'll fill it up like a couple of foos. I've been Josie. I've been Jish. And for Richie and Steph, don't be a dick.